Hello, and welcome to the Letters to My Daughters devotional podcast. I'm Reverend Camille Henderson-Edwards, Director of Economic Health and Gender Justice here at the General Board of Church and Society of the United Methodist Church. And this is your weekly guide to developing a spiritual practice at the intersection of faith and advocacy. Let's get started. Welcome to week three, module four of Letters to My Daughters, where in our virtual session, we are uh, talking about maternal health across the diaspora. And within the context of this podcast, we are looking at the faith and spiritual practices of bold women who are using their voice as a means of resistance uh, and are speaking up uh, about uh, the conditions uh, that they see uh, that are promoting further suffering for themselves and their children. Um, And so before we get started, as always, let's take a moment to ground ourselves in our scriptural focus. Hear the word of the Lord as it is recorded in the 15th chapter of the book of Matthew, verses 21 through 28. It reads, Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Then... A Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he didn't answer her. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But... She came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, Great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed from that moment. This is the word of God for the people of God. And we say, thanks be to God. So in this story, we see this Canaanite woman, this Canaanite mother who was looking desperately for help for her daughter. And in doing so, she's also asking for help for herself. Even so, she is willing to take risk and shout loud in the streets to ask for help and healing. In the text, we also meet Jesus after he has been acting, moved by compassion, teaching, and healing the people who he comes across. Everyone would come out to look for his help. However, not everyone is happy with what he and his disciples are doing and and how they are acting and behaving in the text. At first, Jesus doesn't seem to hear or see her or hear her plea for help. And yet, she insists. He and the disciples remind her of where society has placed her, 
a place of lesser value with no access to what she or her daughter needs. And I want us to make sure that we are paying attention to what's happening in the text. That even the demonstration of her protest is being dismissed. That happens so much in present day. And we have to, we have to begin to pay attention. But in the text, this woman, she doesn't give up. And so it is her words that express her experience and her wisdom with a sense of conviction and boldness uh, that she uses to place in her request for healing. Because she knows, like the people who have come before her, that Jesus is capable of healing. This is a story where we are invited to recognize women's lived experiences, their life expertise, if you will, as one of our uh, former guests, Dr. Jackson, once shared with us, where her acts, wit, and faith are all a part of the act of believing, and and they link them together to transform uh, her current condition so that she may go beyond this difficult reality in which she's currently living in. There is everyday wisdom women learn, practice, and transfer to one another. This mother's wisdom comes from life experience. It comes from lived expertise. We are made better and heed to the lessons of survival and prayerfully to the lessons that we learn from the women who come before us so that we may thrive from these lived experiences of the women who've come before us. And it is in that wisdom where teaching is advocacy. A woman like this does not accept a no for an answer. And it's a valuable example of relentless advocacy. That one is when we consistently and conscientiously act in pursuing those in power and challenging the status quo, advocating for survival and healing and health and wholeness. And so this week, we invite you to reflect on what forms of advocacy you are interested in taking what forms of advocacy you are interested in pursuing and learning about, where might you find sources of wisdom to develop and to build up your advocacy framework? What are the lived expertise or who are the women that can share their lived expertise with you? such that you may begin to develop a sense of relentless advocacy. Let's pray. Would you receive as prayer a poem by Jan Richardson entitled, Stubborn Blessing? It reads, don't tell me no. I have seen you feed the thousands seen miracles spill from your hands like water, like wine. 
seeing you with circles and circles of crowds pressed around you and not one soul turned away. Don't start with me. I am saying you can close the door, but I will keep knocking. You can go silent, but I will keep shouting. You can tighten the circle, but I will trace a bigger one around you, around the life of my child who will tell you no one surpasses a mother for stubbornness. I am saying, I know what you can do with crumbs, and I am claiming mine. Every morsel and scrap you have up your sleeve. Unclench your hand, your heart. Let the scraps fall like manna, like mercy for the life of my child, the life of the world. Don't tell me no. Amen. As always, thank you so much for taking the time out for this weekly devotion of letters to my daughters. Please, please, please feel free to reach out to me via email with any questions or general experiences from the study that you may have. I can be reached via email at chedwards, that's C-H-E-D-W-A-R-D-S at umcjustice.org. Until next time, go in grace, go in peace.